When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. Hot gas. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Oh, we've got cocktails. Cocktails. Little cockies. Oh, is that what we call them now? Cockies. I don't think I'm going to call it that, but thank you. Hello. And welcome to. A spooky edition of True Crimes. Against wine. <laughs> We're going to talk like this the whole episode. It's not going to be annoying at all. No. Mm-mm. I am Judge Topher. And I am Judge Rachel. And we are doing our special Halloween episode today. Yes, I'm so excited. Yay. So we're also doing a first because we've never done this type of wine before. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're doing sherry. Yum. <laughs> I'm guessing. Have you never had sherry before? I don't think so. It's not like something that's on a lot of people's radar, which is okay. unfortunate because I think you're going to find that it's very delicious. Okay. So what is sherry? Sherry is a fortified wine that comes from Spanish grapes. Oh, okay. So basically what happens is it's made from the Palomino grape. Mm. It has to come from the sherry, what's called the sherry triangle in Andalusia, Spain. Oh, do um, ships disappear there? <laughs> right. It's kind of like champagne in oh. that way, where it has to be from a certain area. And when they say it's fortified, what they mean is that after the fermentation, the wine is fortified with grape spirit. So they add essentially grappa or something like that into it. So it's kind of like a liquor wine Yeah, it's okay. got like a higher alcohol percentage than you would have for just a regular wine. Mm. Um, most of them have to be at least 17% alcohol. Oh, oh boy. Which is why you serve them in these small glasses as okay. like an after dinner sort of situation. Okay. Yeah. I guess in my mind, sherry was used for cooking. There is something called cooking sherry. Okay. It's not something you would want to sip on necessarily. Okay, good. Well, I'm yeah. glad we're not doing that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and taste it and then I'll tell you a little bit about the history of sherry. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. These adorable little glasses. Mm-hmm. Let's smell it. So it has a similar smell to port. Okay. Madeira, things like that, where it's slightly oxidized, mm-hmm. kind of a nutty mm-hmm. smell to it, mm-hmm. caramelly nutty. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to taste that. Oh, interesting. I wasn't expecting that taste. Yeah. It's very dry, mm-hmm. almost salty like olive briny. Yeah. It's. Do you like it? It's kind of like alcoholic seawater a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that means you don't like it. I don't think I would pick this. But let's see how this episode goes. Because mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it will change or I'll just keep drinking it and get used to it. Well, it might change a little bit, mm-hmm. but also we're going to be using this particular sherry, which is an Amontillado sherry, by the way. Mm. We're going to be using that in cocktails as well. Yay. So that's going to be really fun because I think a lot of people don't really think to use sherry as a mixer for a cocktail. Yeah, I guess because you don't really think to mix wine with things. Yeah, but, but you, you totally can. can. You yeah. totally can. Yeah. So basically, this comes from a region called Jerez. Mm. And that's been a center of viticulture since the Phoenicians in 1100 BCE. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Ancient. Yeah. And the practice was then carried on by the Romans after the Romans came in and conquered. Gotcha. In 711 CE, the Moors conquered the area. And mm. that's when they introduced fortified wine. So before it was just regular oh, wine. Okay. And then the Moors came in and they had the technology to 
introduce fortified. Do you know why they did that? Was that for a reason? Like, did it keep better or just a matter of taste? I think it was more a matter of taste. It's just like a particular type of wine. Okay. Yeah. So during that period, the town was called Sharish, which Mm. is where you get Sherry and the name Jerez. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So in 1264, Alfonso X took the city and by the 16th century, it had basically garnered the reputation of having the world's finest wine. Oh. Yeah. Um, so for centuries. Yes. That point. Okay. Yeah. So much so that Christopher Columbus actually spent more on sherry for his expedition than weapons. Crap. Yeah. Okay. So he was apparently a little bit of a lush in addition to <laughs> just just a little bit. being an all around not so great guy. But what's really cool is that, you know, the, the character Francis Drake from mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. renowned English pirate, Yes. And sort of a a tool that the British government used to get rid of the Spanish Armada, mm-hmm. or at least instill fear in them. Mm-hmm. And so he used to, you know, pillage these Spanish galleons and ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he would steal the sherry. And then he brought that back to Great Britain, which is why Great oh, Britain okay. has such a relationship with sherry now. Okay. Yeah. Because I guess I also associated sherry with being British. You're about to spell. I know. Your cup is very tilted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yes, it is a very British thing when okay. you think about it, even though it's a Spanish wine. Yeah. And so that's, that's okay. where that connection comes from. Cool. A lot yeah. of rich history with Sherry. Mm-hmm. Well, our person we're putting on trial is not Christopher Columbus. It is not. It's not Francis Drake either. Nor is it Francis Drake. Instead, it's another literary figure. It is. I love doing these literary episodes. It really it's plays really into fun. my like, English major nerd. Yeah, it's super stuff. fun. Yeah. So our person is Edgar. Alan. Oh. Yay. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a perfect yeah. for Halloween. So obviously the connection here is that we're drinking Amontillado Sherry. Yes. And he is famous for his short story, The Cask of Amontillado. Yes. And he also loved to drink. He so. did also really love to drink. I don't know if it was Sherry in particular. I think he just think drank what he could. I think it was a little bit could. of everything. Yeah. 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 I think he was just like, all right, it's alcohol. I'll drink it. Here it is. Yep. It's in front of me. Fact checker is saying that's accurate. <laughs> Fact checker identifies with Edgar Allan Poe. Is he Edgar Allan Poe reincarnated? Oh, he might be. He's pretty spooky. He is pretty spooky. He's got dark hair, too. Mm-hmm, and a widow's peak. If we put that raven on his shoulder, we're set. Yep. <laughs> mm. So, obviously, you know Edgar Allan Poe. Personally, yes. Yes, you mm-hmm. traveled throughout time. Yes. And you had a close friendship with him. I'm very old. Yes. Which is what makes me so wise. Yeah. I mean, you're like 50, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> well, so, while you tell me a little bit about Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. should we have Fact Checker go and make our first cocktail? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Thank you, Fact Checker. Thank you. <laughs> We're also recording in a haunted house today. Yes. I I mean, it is kind of haunted. You put out all of your Halloween decorations. I'm ready to go for Halloween. I love spooky things. Yeah, I I know you do. Yeah. You love spooky things as well. I do. Very much. You know, ghosts, skulls. Witches. Witches, ravens, spiders, cobwebs. Jack-o'-lanterns. Pumpkins. Spice lattes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not quite that. No, that's, that's not my thing. Yeah, I just love all the spooky stuff. And I think... I have more Halloween decorations than I have Christmas decorations. (laughs) I would agree with that. Yeah. Having seen your house multiple times and both holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Boyfriend really also enjoys Halloween. So 
It's a good match. It, it is a good match. And we've we've been to Target multiple times to okay. buy some Halloween decorations this year alone. Now, does he encourage or discourage your Halloween decoration buying? Because I know how you get when you go to Target. <laughs> uncontrolled. You are uncontrolled. I know. Yeah, you saw me impulse buy a bunch of Halloween themed bowls and plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Judge Chopper and I had gone into Target for one item. One item. Famous last words. And we were like, we're not getting a cart. We're not getting a basket because we're just getting this one thing. But then I passed by some Halloween decorations. And I was like, oh, this bowl's cute. This bowl's cute. This bowl's cute. And then I had an armful of things I could not physically carry anymore. <laughs> but you managed it. Well, you carried some things. <laughs> and we got to the checkout and the cashier is like, oh, you found some stuff. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, actually, what she said was, did you find everything that you needed today? And we were like, clearly, we found more than And more. Thanks, Target. Thank you, Target. Yeah, you just kind of have to let Target speak to you. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're passing by it and it's cute and it's only yes. $5, it's like. I, it's like, how can I not? Yeah. So, yes, boyfriend encourages it, but he has also, at the same time, prohibited me from buying any more soft little pumpkins. Okay. Because I've got a lot. Yeah. I've got like a dozen in the living room right now, and that's. It's a lot. You're starting your own plush pumpkin patch. I am. And, you know, I if I buy some and I take them to work, that's my business. That's absolutely your business. And I'm not saying I have. I'm just saying I could. Plus, he's not your real daddy. <laughs> that's right. He's yours. No. Well. Well, oh, no. Um, yeah, so... What do you know most about when it comes to your own public? His stories or his personal life? Oh, his stories for okay. sure. I, I do know personally that he was Viggo Lush. Yep. And that he died relatively young. Yep. And I also know from this movie, I believe it's called The Pale Eye. Have mm-hmm. you seen that yet? I think we talked about this a while ago. Yeah, it's yeah. really good if you haven't seen yeah. it, but it talks about his younger years when mm-hmm. he was at West Point, I believe. Yes. So I know that he went to West Point. He did, yeah. (laughs) Beyond that, I don't really know anything about his personal life, romantic life, family life, any of that. Well, let's let's dive into it because he's got a weird life. I would expect. I would hope that he had. Like, what if he just had, like, a very normal life? (laughs) That would be so disappointing. Anyway, just these crazy stories. (laughs) Yeah. So Edgar Allan Poe was born January 19th, 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts. He was born during Jane Austen times. He was, Yeah. Was Jane Austen his mom? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> like she just came across the Atlantic to give birth to this illegitimate child and then like oh, went back swept. to England. <laughs> yeah. She's like, one day I'll grow up and be spooky, young Edgar. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. His dad was David Poe and his mom was Eliza Poe. So his That's dad. That's a great name, Eliza Poe. I, well, it was Elizabeth, but she went by Eliza. Yeah. yeah. So his. His dad came from a relatively well-off family. His mom was an actress in the theater. Oh, wow. And they met when his dad went to the theater and he saw her in there and he was like, oh, I love you. So they got together. It's a very Dorian Gray sort of situation. Yeah. He and his dad also became an actor, too. Oh. And they were Shakespearean actors. Wow. His dad was a bit of a shithead, though. Mm. He was an alcoholic. Mm. It Um, runs in families. Yep. And he left the family in 1810. So that was short-lived. So Edgar never knew his his biological dad. Yeah. And Edgar had an older brother, Henry, and he was in the middle. And then he had a younger sister, Rosalie. Okay. Which I think is a cute name. That is cute. Rosalie. I feel like Rosalie is a good teddy bear name. It is a good teddy bear yeah. name. Yeah. It just has that vibe. I don't mm-hmm. know why. 
So the mom was left basically to care for like three children who were not very old, mm-hmm. basically toddlers, infants, because Rosalie was born after the dad left. So the mom was pregnant when the dad left, which it's is really hard shitty. for me to think of Edgar Allan Poe as a baby because right. Edgar's not a baby name to me. Right. Also, do we associate the name Edgar with being spooky because of Edgar Allan Poe, or is it just inherently a spooky name? You know, that's a good question. I think it's because of Poe. Because I think if not, I would associate Edgar as just being like an old-fashioned name. Okay, fair. Without the spooky vibes attached. I read somewhere in my research that he was named Edgar from some character in a Shakespearean play. And I don't remember which one. Interesting. I'm like, well, maybe. But, I mean, Edgar's also just a name. So Mm -hmm. could have been his parents just like that. But can you name any other Edgars? Like, have you ever met an Edgar? No. I haven't either. I've never met it. Oh, my God. I've never realized I've never met an Edgar in real life. Yeah. I've met Allens. Mm-hmm. Not a Poe, though. Not a Poe. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so the family struggled a lot after dad left. Mom was trying to make it as a working actress caring for these three young kids. And there were people in her acting group in the theater trying to help support her. Mm-hmm. But she got sick. Oh, God. This is a, basically a Dickens story at this it point. It basically is. She got tuberculosis. Oh, God. And she ended up dying... When young, yo boy, young Edgar <laughs> was only two. Wow. So he was orphaned at the age of two. He was orphaned at the age of little two. Little spooky orphan. I know, a little spooky toddler. baby. So I'm sure he has some memories of his biological mom. Because two is old enough to have some something, but never enough to like really be concrete. Yeah. I think. So it's, it's interesting. Hmm. But a very tragic young life. That is very tragic. So Edgar Poe was taken in by the Allen family mm. in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, so it's not actually his middle name. No, so he added Allen to his name later in life. Interesting. Because of the family he was raised with. And what city did you say? Richmond, Richmond. Virginia. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like all, all along the East Coast throughout his life. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we've got cocktails. Cocktails. Little cockies. Oh, is that what we call them now? Cockies. Oh, I don't think I'm going to call it that, but thank you. This looks lovely. Thank you, Fact Checker. So this one, I believe, uses cachaça. No, it does not use cachaça. You're a liar. This one is, oh, that's right. This one is a vermouth. Oh. With the sherry. Yeah. Smells good. Mm, Cheers. Smells lemony. Yes. Oh, this is nice. Oh, that's delightful. This is very refreshing. This is kind of like our warm weather cocktail, Yeah, this is definitely our warmer weather. Yeah. I could see myself drinking this in Spain on a patio overlooking the sea. Oh, I hear the seagulls in the background. Mm -hmm, The roar of the surf. Yes. Somebody with castanets off in the distance. (laughs) A bull charges through. A bull charges. You know, I've never been to Spain. That's what happens there, That's what happens all the time. (laughs) Just random bulls. Well, and that's why they have to fight them. It's like, mm-hmm. curse you, bulls. Yep. Get out of here. It's a China shop. <laughs> it's a ch- <laughs> Talking about the Allen family. Yeah. Were they spooky too? Well, maybe. I mean, how do you find spooky? They were a relatively wealthy merchant family who had come over from the UK. The dad wasn't really into this whole idea of 
taking on like a foster adopted kid. But the mom was really excited about having young Edgar live with them because she had been adopted. Oh. And they didn't have any biological kids of their own. So I think it was a situation where maybe like she couldn't have children because the dad had illegitimate kids apparently. Oh. Oopsie. Yep. And she maybe like heard of his tragic story with his mom dying and the dad abandoning the family, you know, being kind of a theater family. So having some... Notoriety, I guess. Maybe yeah. that's how they hooked up. So she really loved him and they were close. So Edgar oh, and his, his foster mom were close together. But the dad never really like liked him very much. And that's, we're going to get into those details. So they lived in Virginia for a bit, but then they ended up going to Scotland and England from 1815 to 1820. Oh, wow. And Edgar went to school there for a little bit. Okay. So... I think in some people's minds, people think Edgar Allan Poe is British. I think maybe I, that's. I grew up thinking from. that until I was like an adult. Yeah, I think also because of like his stories seem old fashioned to us. And mm -hmm. but yeah, he spent some time in those places before the family came back to Virginia in 1820. They went through a little bit of a rough patch financially. But then Mr. Allen's uncle died and they inherited what today would be about $20 million. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So they were fine after that. Okay. And they built this huge mansion in Virginia, which is no longer there. Oh. So I'm curious about that because that's not that long ago, like the 1820s. Yeah. To now. I mean, it's only 200 years. So I'm not sure why that, that mansion is maybe burned. I don't maybe know. Maybe burned down, yeah. Fires are a problem. <laughs> be safe. Uh Fucking bulls, mm, man. Mm. They brought one back with them from Europe. Yep. <laughs> Famous last pet. Yeah. So Edgar's mom, or sorry, foster mom, also started to get sick with... Tuberculosis. Yep. I'm starting to think that Edgar's the problem here. Maybe. Oh, maybe he's one of those people who could carry a disease, but he doesn't get affected by it. Oh. Oh, no. Edgar. Oh. Like typhoid Mary. Yeah, exactly. So foster mom got sick. She ended up dying when he was like in his preteens. Oh. So he wasn't very old when she died. Short lived. And then he's stuck with this foster dad who never really liked him. They never formally adopted him. And I think that was the foster dad's thing. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And foster dad wanted Edgar to go into business, military, stuff like that. Edgar didn't really want to do that. He was always interested in writing and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think foster dad was like, no, that's no way to make a living. Even though, I mean, they were, had a ton of money, so they were fine. That would have been fine. Yeah, but I think that back then, especially, there was like this prestige around even if you had a leg up already, entering into business and being successful. And, yeah, and writers were seen as more like these vagabond sort of. Yeah. And I think maybe had they been in Europe and like been members of the aristocracy, it would have been different. Yeah. But not even though like being rich, but not having come from that background. I think you're right. Like you have to have some sort of profession. Mm -hmm. So Edgar enrolled in the University of Virginia. Good grief. In 1826, he was just 17. And he went for a year, but like he and his dad, foster dad, continued to have problems. So he ended up dropping out, joining the army. Oh, wow. He lied about his name and his age when he joined the army. <laughs> he gave his last name as Perry instead of Poe. And he said he was like 22 instead of 18. Okay. When he joined. And at that time, there was like a five-year contract that basically he signed with the army. And after a couple of years, he was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> So he contacted his foster dad and he's like, can you please help me get out of this? The foster dad was like, okay, fine, but you have to go to West Point then. Mm. So Edgar agreed to that. 
But in the midst of all this, he was writing poems and he published his first book of poetry, The Tamerlane and Other Poems. Okay. Which there was only 50 copies, like it, it didn't really do anything for him financially or like in terms of getting his name out there. But a copy of that recently sold an original copy for over $600,000. Wow. Which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But yeah, so again, like his foster mom was dead. He, oh, I'm sorry, his foster mom didn't die until 1829. That was my fault. She didn't die when he was young. I just made that up. You totally just made <laughs> I'm that sorry. up. sorry. You know what? Take a drink, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> of this delicious cocktail. Mm. Oh, it's called a bamboo, by the way. Oh, what is that? Why is it called that? I don't know. Okay. Is there any bamboo involved in this process? There is not. Okay. <laughs> well, it's delicious. I like the bamboo. Yes, in between his foster mom dying and him leaving the army and going to West Point, he kind of briefly reconnected with his foster and they kind of made up for a little bit with Mm -hmm. like the West Point agreement. He also went to Baltimore to reconnect with his brother, Henry, who also wrote a little bit and was also a sailor, was also an alcoholic. And he met up with his biological grandma, his aunt and his cousin for a little bit. Is this the period in his life when he wrote Hairspray? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. He's famously the author of Hairspray. <laughs> took place in Baltimore. Maybe by the mustaches, right? <laughs> this is where he met his cousin, Virginia Clem. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh-oh. And they formed a little bit of a connection. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I know that it was common back then, but still. It was common back then. However, this period is like a lot was going on. So he like reconnected with Foster Dad for a little bit. Foster was like, go to West Point. He was like, okay, on his way up to New York. He stopped in Baltimore, met up with some biological families, started to fall in love a little bit with cousin Virginia. <sighs> but then his foster dad remarried that same year in 1830, and the new wife was not into Edgar at all. Uh, evil stepmother. Yeah. And she was like, you need to disown him. And Foster was like, yeah, okay, I probably was going to do that anyway because uh, I don't like him. <laughs> And that was that. So Edgar Allan Poe joined our joined West Point. Admitted. Enrolled. enrolled. There we go. <laughs> he enrolled at West Point. He did fine there, but he wanted to continue to write. And he was like not into. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And at this point, his foster dad, like with his new wife and all that going on, was like not helping him out at all financially. So he got himself court-martialed on purpose. Oh. Uh, what did he do? I think he just stopped doing his job, basically. Okay. It was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So he stopped working. And then when they had the court martial and they asked him, do you plead guilty or not guilty? He knew that if he said not guilty, he would still be found guilty and then he would be dismissed. But if he had admitted to it, they would have maybe given him a second chance. Mm. So he's like, mm, I'm not guilty. I'm a precious angel. I've never done anything wrong. Ever. I'm a sexy baby. I'm a sexy baby. And girl in pet with his little mustache. And they're like, no, you're not a sexy baby. You're dismissed. No more army for you. Don't, don't. Don't, don't. So he left and he continued writing. And in 1835, he met back up with his cousin, Virginia, and they got married. Oh, no. So at this point, he was like 26, 27. She was 13. Yes. Mm hmm. Go ahead, say your thoughts. I'm speechless. And this is after several years of knowing her Mm -hmm. and having an attachment to her. Yeah. So Edgar Allan Poe was a pedophile. This is where it gets really weird with 
him and his life. So first of all, people would marry their cousins in this time. So that point isn't as odd. Right. 13 was definitely on the younger side to get married. (laughs) Not illegal per se, but definitely on the younger side. And with him being so much older, he's basically twice her age when they got married. That, I mean, that age gap was noticeable, but again, like not illegal. I don't know what his feelings for her attachment was to her when she was younger, but did they first meet when she was a kid kid? Yep. Her mom was cool with it. Oh, wow. Slash his aunt. Mother-in-law aunt. Oh, God. Yeah. It was weird. They, they stayed married until her death. Guess what she died of? Not again. Tuberculosis. Man. There's a story. Of she's like playing the piano and singing in the home. And then she starts coughing up blood. And then she gets like sickly and like slowly declines and, and dies of tuberculosis at only 24 years old. Who does she think she is? Beth March? Right. So they were only married for seven years. 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. They were only married 11 years. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you've got that look in your eye. What look is that? <laughs> <laughs> like it's time to torture me. Okay. Well, oh, if you insist. Well, then I'm going to need more cocktail. All right. Let's get more cocktail. And All then right. I will cross-examine you. And then we'll talk more about Poe's weird life. Thank you, fact checker. Thank you. Smell it and tell me what you think. Okay. Oh, it smells good. What does it smell like to you? Oh, I can't put my finger on it. Something very specific. It is very specific. Okay. A little bit of tomato. Is there tomato in here? It's not tomato. Okay, what is it? Beet. Beet. Beet juice. Nice. I like it. Let's taste it and see. I've never had beet juice before. Hmm. Oh, I like it. It's good. I really like beets. I do too. I think our teeth will be stained red though. <laughs> well. That's okay. Be peeing red later on. Yeah, we can't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time that I ate just a massive beet salad. Oh, yeah. And then afterwards was like, I think oh I might my be God. dying. Yeah. I think everybody has that panic moment the next time we're just like, oh, I'm, I'm dead. Something's terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, no, just the beets. Ah, that's delightful. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, fact checker. Well done. You get your bonus this year. Fact checker, what is that cocktail called? Just beat it. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Beat off. Nope. (laughs) All right. So. What are the rules? The rules are, first of all, there are 10 questions. Okay. You can pick the order or whatever. Be nice. So generous of you. Thank you. Yeah. I like that you actually expect me to think that that's somehow an advantage. I'm trying to like build you up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because you sassed me today, fact checker picks the order. Oh. Okay. These are fill in the blank. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you know, you have episodes where obviously I crush you as it should be. And then some episodes where just by like dumb luck, you get them all right. (laughs) (laughs) And it drives you crazy. It does. I'm making it hard today. (laughs) All right, fact checker, what number? Five. Oh, so this is appropriate, whereas we're talking about his early life. So while he was in college, he tried to support himself by blank. Because his stepdad or foster dad wouldn't give him any money. Being a shoe shiner. Mm-mm. You make uh, lot, you, famously, he was a shoe shiner. You make a lot of money shining those shoes? I mean, there's a lot of shoes to be shined at West Point. Mm. No, you're Doing wrong. Doing people's laundry. You're wrong. Take a drink. Gambling. 
<laughs> That's not a great way to try and earn no. your No, so Poe wasn't great with money, surprisingly. <laughs> and, you know, as like an 18-year-old kid, like you're like, if I can, I'm sure he had like one win. Yeah. He was like, oh man, if I can just keep doing this, I'll have all the money I need. He's like, I'm actually really good at poker. I'm really good at poker. Because it got to the point like where he had no money, so he was like, Breaking down furniture in his room to burn it to keep himself warm and not freeze. <laughs> like his foster dad was like, you get no money whatsoever. But a girl and Poe got into a lot of gambling debt. Oh. Which today's equivalent would be about $50,000 of gambling. Wow. It was a lot of that. Yeah. And there was a very real chance that he could have gone to debtor's prison, which was part of the reason why he joined the army the first time. Oh, shit. He's like, you can't put me in jail if I'm serving my country, I guess. Well. It's how... That's how she goes. Yeah. All right. Next number, fact checker. Okay. Eight. Oh, good follow up. Your instincts are spot on, fact checker. So while he was in the military, he was a blank. What was his job? Soldier. Okay. Let's get more specific. Soldier with a gun. Not an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, like a javelin. Yes. Soldiers famously have javelins. Some do. Who? Romans and Greeks. Okay. No, you're wrong. He was an artificer. What the fuck is that? You make ammunition. That's an artificer? Yeah. That sound, th- artificer sounds like you're like a forger. Yeah, I thought it was just like a D&D thing, but it's apparently was a real job. <laughs> In D&D, do you make ammunition? If yeah, you're if you're an artificer, your thing is like you're kind of like a gunslinger kind of person usually. Oh. Yeah. I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Okay. I think artificer as in, like, artifice. Well, it isn't man-made because your, you know, guns aren't found in nature, nor bullets. <laughs> Can't go pick some bullets off the bullet tree. Oh, yeah? Well, how do you define pea shooters, then? Who made the shooter? Ah, uh, gotcha there. Well, An the artificer bullets, did. <laughs> the, the bullets come in nature. Okay. Next number two. Oh, so we're skipping ahead a little bit. That's not fair. We haven't gotten to that part yet. Well, too bad. So a few months before he died, he joined the blank movement. Shaker. Oh. Oh, to shake it off? Shake it off. Shake it off. Famously into dance. Yes. yes. Well, it definitely wasn't the prohibition movement or the temperance movement. Was it? Tell me. Did he join the temperance movement? I don't know. We're going to find out shortly. I don't remember how he died, though. I feel like it was from substance abuse, but it might have been tuberculosis because that seems to be a trend here. <laughs> yeah, everybody in his life died of TB, basically. <laughs> Temperance movement's really the only movement that I know of, so. That's what you're going to go with? I'm going to go with it. Yes. Oh! Congratulations. Take a drink. You're welcome for the assist, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he, I think, maybe had a reckoning with his alcohol issues. <laughs> And we'll, we'll get into his death after our cross-examination. So was joining the temperance movement basically that era's version of AA? I think maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, in the 1800s, what else was there to do besides drink? You mm. know? You make a good point. So I'm sure they're like, ooh. Much like 2023. Right. People are drinking too much. Maybe we should temper it down. Or. Or. Keep going. Let's party. Woo! This is not a temperance podcast. <laughs> no, it's not a temperance podcast at all. All right. At one point. True. It's not true, false. At one point, <laughs> Edgar tried to work for blank, a famous person in a position of power. Bill Clinton. 
Yes, he traveled in time, went to the 90s. Was like, who hey, was I heard power? you like younger women. Me too, Bill. Who was in power back then? Oh. Abe Lincoln. Not yet. What year did you say? I didn't say a year. Well, see, so I don't know. It could have been Abe Lincoln. Poe is pre-Lincoln. Oh, he died before Lincoln? Yes, I'll, I'll tell you that much, yeah. Oh, well then, I have a really big gap in my presidents. Okay. Are you saying a president? Is that what you're going to go I'm going to say a, a president, or like a president who was trying to get elected. Okay, like so that. sort of like politician or something. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Yay, congrats. Yay. Take a drink. It was President Tyler. Mm. So he, from his time at West Point, had gotten a friend of a friend to set up an interview because he wanted to work for President Tyler's cabinet, I guess, or just work as a code breaker. Oh, fun. Yeah. He's like, I can break any code ever. He was really bragging about it. But Was he, this like his poker thing where he wasn't actually good I at it? I think so. But here's the thing. He missed the meeting. He said it was because he was sick, but he's probably drunk. Edgar. Self-sabotage, Edgar. <sighs> You've got to fight that inner self-saboteur. I know. All right. Next number of fact checker. Three. Good one. So Edgar Allan Poe loved blank. And it relates to what we just talked about. Alcohol. Yes. <laughs> true. But. Like specifically which alcohol? No, that's not alcohol related. Opium. He did have a bit of a laudanum thing going on, which is opium and alcohol mixed together, I believe. I'm going to say it is. It's an old timey. Who's, are you going to come from the past ghost and correct me? No. Isn't laudanum its own thing? Laudanum is its own thing, but it's definitely opium mixed with something. Morphine. That's heroin, right? They didn't, I don't know. I don't know old timey medicine slash drugs. I think that heroin is actually more related to opium. It's an opiate. It is because it all comes from poppies. See? A specific type of poppy. Right. You can't just like go out in nature, find a flower and go nuts. Yeah. Well. Well, I don't know your life. <laughs> Do what you want. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. Oh, I am right. Okay. So laudanum is opium and alcohol mixed together. Oh, good for me. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> sounds like a sleepy time. Yeah. Is that the original Sleepy Time Tea? Oh, my was God. Just <laughs> I would I would love it. Well, they they prescribed it to people to calm them down. Yeah, they prescribed it for everybody. They're like, your baby is crying too much. Give him laudanum. Like, I think your baby is just maybe hungry. But now maybe your baby's high yeah. and drunk. No, I'm going to say no. Take a drink. He loved cryptography. Mm. So he loved ciphers and codes. He loved all of that shit. And he actually wrote a short story, The Gold Bug. Did you ever read that one? A long, long time ago. Where the guy finds this golden bug and like there's a secret message on it and he ends up deciphering it and finding treasure and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Next number. I mean, spoiler alert. Nine. Okay. I'm sorry. Spoil that story for you. (laughs) So Edgar Allan Poe's death was maybe because of blank. Organ failure. From all of his... I mean, at some point, that's how we all die, right? (laughs) Suicide? Mm Mm-mm. What? Cooping. What? Yeah. What is cooping? Cooping was an old-timey practice of fraudulent voting practices where a political party would get people off the street, usually kind of like a bum kind of person, and get them drunk or high, give them something and dress them up in different clothes and go vote multiple times for the candidate that they wanted to win. So there are some theories that 
this is how Edgar Allan Poe died, was that some somebody got him and was like, you're going to go vote. And we'll talk more about his death later and why this was maybe a possible theory gotcha. for it. But yeah. So I guess he wasn't so temperate were, then. No. Well, 1800s politics were super corrupt. Super, super corrupt. Hmm. Okay. Number one, Poe influenced this famous author, Blake, with detective writing specifically. Uh, Agatha Christie. Oh, really solid guess, but no. G.K. Chesterton. No. Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a drink, because you're wrong. Did you ever read the stories, The Murder in the Rue Morgue and The Purloin Letter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Poe creates... Sorry, there's like a mosquito flying around. <laughs> I'm not hallucinating. Fact checker, it's real. It's something. No, here it is. Look. That's a mosquito. Don't get, don't get it gently. Eat it. Did you get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You don't have to eat it. I mean, do it. Eat it. Does he normally eat mosquitoes? You normally eat spiders, but... Is he a possum? <laughs> no, he's like that character from Dracula. Oh. The one in the jail? Yeah. Ren... R. What? Renfield. Thank you. I was going to say Renmouth, but I was like, that's not... <laughs> Renmouth. <laughs> that's British though, right? Renmouth. Yeah, Renmouth upon yeah. Thames. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. This is not a Dracula episode. We've already done that. Go listen to that one. Go listen to that. That was our Halloween episode last year. It was. Yeah. I can't believe that was a year ago. I know. Oof, time. Time. What is yeah. it? Who knows? No way to find out. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Poe, the detective he created for those stories, inspired Arthur Conan Doyle to create Sherlock Holmes. That's really interesting. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Poe also influenced Jules Verne and maybe H.G. Wells. I don't know. Kind of like that sci-fi kind of vibe mm-hmm. to him. All right. We've got three more. Seven. Poe was a champion blank. That was seven. The, oh. oh. <laughs> I counted one thumb twice. <laughs> I love that we were both there, though. <laughs> yeah. So I think two against one. We're correct. That's yep. That's now the new seven. <laughs> Listen, we're just doing alternative facts. That's right. right. <laughs> That's basically our whole podcast, right? <laughs> all right, I'm going to stick with seven, then we'll go back to six, I guess. All right. Pose a champion blank. Duelist. Oh, no, but I like that. I'll give you another guess. Cryptographer. Okay, we've already talked about that, but how do you become a champion in that? You, you obviously enter a contest for cryptography. Oh. Chess player. Mm. Take a drink, you're wrong. He was a champion swimmer. That's so much more boring. Poe was kind of a an athlete. He was kind of a jock. Oh, I bet he had kind of a nice body then. I don't want to think about a ground Poe's weird body. Weird body? He has a weird head. Okay, can we all admit that? I guess. His head is kind of weirdly shaped. Yeah. Well, he's spooky. He's very top-heavy. Probably all the laudanum. It probably was all the laudanum. As a a baby. Right. When his dad was like, shut that baby up or I'm out of here. Right. Oh. Yeah, he's a champion swimmer. He has the record, or I'm sure someone's broken it by now. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, he's still got the record. He was that good. He swam seven miles up the James River in Virginia. Oh, wow. Which is a lot of miles to swim. Yeah. That's a lot of pool lengths. I don't know how many, but it's a lot of them for sure. More than seven. At least. Yeah. <laughs> At least. I mean, if you swim like 
from one end of your pool to the other, would you get tired? Mm, I don't because I would get tired before I reached the end. Right. So seven miles is nuts to me. I'm not in shape. Against a current, too. Yeah, no. And I don't know. They're probably like slimy rocks and fish in the river, I guess, too. Which, yeah, that's the equation. That's nuts. So that's a no from you. That's a no from me. He was also a boxer, a rower, and a long jumper. Wow. He yeah. was a jock. I know. He was trying to get to the Olympics real hard. He was like a spooky goth jock. Goth jock. <gasps> New sitcom. Oh. Goth jocks. Yeah. Also a great name for an athleisure wear store. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're trademarking this. Yes. Already trademarked. You can't steal it. You can't it. steal it. You can't steal it. All right. Number six now, I guess. This is also about sports. Baseball. No, that's not. Sports teams, the blanks. Oh. Was named because of him. I know this, the Baltimore Ravens. Yay, take a drink. I'm glad you know that one. Do you know when they changed their name to the Ravens? Because they were a different sports team before. Because no here's idea. what I don't get. How can a sports team like move cities? You're just a new team at that point. That's what I always feel like too. Just create something new. Yeah. Like now you're the Pixels. I don't know. The Pixels. The Pixar Pixels. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So they became the Baltimore Ravens in 1996. Oh, wow. That's recent. I know, right? That's they the have... year that I was born. Uh-huh. Yep. Sure is. <laughs> and they have three little raven mascots. Do you know what their names are? Hmm? Lock, hmm? stock, hmm. and barrel. Oh, Topher. Take a drink out of shame. Why? You should have gotten it. Edgar, Alan, Alan and, and Poe. Poe. Yeah. You should have gotten it. It's not that. very creative. Well, you should have known it. Number 10, last one. Oh, this is good. When Edgar was a teen, he became... Masturbation. A, I'm sure. I'm sure that was part of it. He became obsessed with blank. I'm standing by masturbation. <laughs> and I got this one right. Okay, but what was the inspiration? His, like, cousin, who was, like, two at the time. He hadn't met her yet. She probably wasn't even born yet. I don't know. Oh, gross. Was it a person? <clears throat> it was a person, thankfully. Jane Austen. No, you're wrong. Take a drink. It was a woman, though, so there's that. I told you masturbation. He became obsessed with a classmate's mom. So I guess he liked them older, too. Yeah. He's all over the place. I, I know, right? She died. I don't know if it was from tuberculosis. Or, <laughs> I know that was your say. next question. Anyway, she died, and he was, like, so obsessed. He would go to her grave every day. And probably do what you were saying. But he like kept vigil for a really long, uncomfortable time. So imagine you're in high school and some random classmate, maybe you're friends with them. Maybe they came over to your house one time for like snacks after school or to study for a math test, whatever. And they're like, your mom's hot. And then your mom dies. And then you know that they're in the graveyard every day by your mom's grave. Jerking off. Probably. Furiously. Probably. How... Weird and uncomfortable is that. That's really awkward. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should give you the point for this. At least how many get right. You're not going to win either way. I'll give you the point. So you only got four out of ten. So I win. Cheers to me. I'm not drinking to that. You don't drink to that. Thank you. Cheers, fact checker. Thank you. This beet cocktail is delicious. I really like it. I want another one. Is my mouth red? No. Oh, good for me. Good for you. Is mine? Your lips have a little tinge to them, but that could just be the TB and the coughing up of blood. <laughs> Are you the carrier now? 
Mm, I'll never tell. It's part of my mystery. Mm, it's so delightfully earthy. This, I think, would be a great Halloween cocktail. Oh, yeah. Because you can make a ton of it, right, Fact Checker? And like a big batch, yeah. And then your guests could serve it up to themselves. Although I don't recommend that they spill it. I would not recommend spilling any drink. Well, I mean, some drinks are throwing drinks. <laughs> this is not one of them. No. Well, it depends, oh, on, gosh, it depends no. on who the enemy is that you're throwing it at. If you're going to a party at your enemy's house, yes, throw it at them. Yeah. And also leave some on their white sofa. Mm-hmm. You know they have a white sofa. Yep. You know, oops, I spilled it as you throw it right in your face. Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about Edgar and his life some more. Okay. Okay. So after he married his teen cousin. When she was 13. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Young teen, not even like older teen. Like, it's just so, so weird. Yeah. Edgar, come on, man. You look like you had a thing for the cougars, but then he really reversed course. Total bait and switch there. Yeah, I know. So he worked as an editor for different literary magazines for a while as he was, like, writing his own stuff as, as well. He was known as a tomahawk man because he was such an asshole critic. Mm. He just, like, chopped people down. He accused Henry Wadsworth Longfellow of plagiarism. Oh, wow. Longfellow was like, I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> And he never did. I don't understand the question, and I won't respond right. to it. So I'm like, did did Longfellow actually plagiarize? I don't know. Edgar was like, hell yeah, he did. Wow. He continued to publish poems. He continued? Mm-hmm. You heard me. <laughs> it's the beats. The yeah. beats are getting to you. In 1845, he wrote The Raven, and it was a massive hit. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was going to ask if he achieved any kind of success. Yeah, that was like really his only success was The Raven. People loved it. Hmm. They went crazy for it. It's super catchy. The rhyme is like really memorable to it. It's like spooky, but fun. Like everybody loved The Raven. Nice. He really didn't get a lot of money from it, though. He never did well financially. Probably the drinking, you know, didn't help. I don't know if he still gambled, but he wasn't good with money. Hmm. Virginia sadly died from tuberculosis. Right. Mm -hmm. And he did not do well without his wife. He's like, I need another woman. You need that teen spirit. <laughs> Which famously inspired the Nirvana song. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, I need another woman like now. So he reconnected with this woman he knew, Sarah Helen Whitman, not related to Walt Whitman at all. Okay. But she was also a poet and she had kind of had a crush Does on Did she know it? She knew it because she wrote him poems and stuff earlier before Poe married his cousin, teen, teen cousin lover. <laughs> cousin lover. True. That's what he did. She was also a bit of a, also a bit of a goth girl. Okay. Her husband had died years earlier, so she had been widowed for a long time. And she always wore black and she wore, um. Let me guess, they'd been married for 10 years. And at the time that she married Poe, she was 15. <gasps> no. She and Poe never married. Oh. They were briefly engaged, but it didn't work out. But she would always wear, like, a coffin charm. She's like a the goth girl. Yeah, yeah. for reals. So she and Poe reconnected after Poe's cousin wife died. But I think she was like, oh, no, this, this dude's an alcoholic. I can't, I can't do this. So, like, that ended. So then he was like, fine. I'm going to go find another woman named Sarah. So he went and after. Joke's on you because you're going to die of tuberculosis anyway. She lived to be pretty old. She lived into her 70s. And then the tuberculosis and got then her. And got her, finally caught up with her. <laughs> so he went back to his childhood sweetheart, Sarah Elmira. Elmira. Yeah. I've never heard that outside of Tiny Toons. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's one of those other names. Like, I've never met anybody in real life with that name. No. So they, like, briefly reconnected, too, but then that didn't work out. I think, again, probably because he was, like, super desperate and drunk all the time. So it wasn't, like, a great pairing. So then in October, (gasps) the spookiest month there is. Yes. October 3rd, 1849, Poe, was that the ghost inside you? (laughs) It was the ghost inside of me. (laughs) Poe was found semi-conscious in a street in Baltimore wearing shabby clothes that were not his own. Oh, so that's where the cooping? Yes. Good job. Take a train. Congrats to you. Thank you. I will. That's where the ideas of cooping came in. He was taken in. They were trying to treat him, trying to figure out what's going on. He never became fully conscious with it to say what happened to him. And then he just died four days later. And he's only 40 when wow. he died. And that was it. I burped. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're looking at me. Judgment. It's the beats. This is a perfect fall cocktail. Oh, my gosh. I love it. You know, you can make this, like, very Christmassy, too, if you put a sprig of rosemary in it as a garnish. Absolutely. Make it really spooky for Halloween, too. If you, like, put it in some dry ice or something in a punch bowl. Mm -hmm. You drink dry ice. I don't think you can. Now, fact checkers saying don't do that. For liability (laughs) reasons, nobody on this podcast has ever told anybody else to drink dried ice. Nope. Not once. What Edgar Allan Poe stories do you like? The most because I'm really curious. I think he had much more success later in life. Yeah. My favorite is The Cask of Amontillado. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Which I love the pettiness. Yes. Behind it. Yes. Where he's just like, this guy's fucking annoying. I'm gonna bury him alive and he deserves it. I'll wall him up. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I also like the Telltale Hearts. Mm-hmm. That's a classic. It's a classic. What about you? Both of those are a lot of fun. I really like The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, yes. And they're making a new movie. Yeah, the Netflix one. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. The Raven's a classic poem, too. Did I loan you the book that's based on the... Yes, I started reading. I never finished. I don't know how to read. I've been lying to everybody this whole time. Get boyfriend to read it to you. Okay, he's a good reader. He does, like, voices and characters and stuff. Oh, fun. Yeah. He's a good reader. I'll have him do that. Years ago, I went to the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta, and they did a whole Edgar Allan Poe show. Oh, and wow. And it was really good and really creepy. We know how much you love puppets. I do. It was, like, spooky stuff and puppets. Can't lose. Cannot lose. <laughs> <laughs> that is Rachel. That's the way to get into my heart. Yup. And I've tried to find that show in the year since, and I can't. And I don't remember what it was called or, like, who, like, the group that put it on. And it really bugs me because, like, that was so much fun. I really wish that we'd come about again. Yeah. So if you know how to do puppetry and put on a show, do it. Do it. Do it. Preferably and let us know. where we live. Or buy us tickets. Yeah. We'll travel if you pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to hear some fun gossip about Poe? Yes. Always spill the tea. So you know that he was known as a tomahawk man, right? Right. He made enemies with this writer named Rufus <laughs> The Griswold. names in this podcast today. I'm Rufus Griswold. 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 Yes. Rufus Griswold. <laughs> <laughs> It startled a burp out of me. It did. Like, who do you know named Rufus anymore? Or Griswold. Same, right? Griswold, I think, like, oh, my God, what's the film franchise with Chevy Chase? Oh, um, National Lampoon. Yes, thank you. Thank you. 
I was like, national treasure. That's <laughs> no, not right at all. That's not it. Nope, that's a whole different thing. One could argue that Chevy Chase is a national treasure, though. No, he's an asshole. Oh, is he? Oh, he's a big time asshole. <sighs> Fact checker? <laughs> Who said that he could speak? I know, right? Fact checkers over here like defending assholes all the time. Mm. <laughs> Apologist. Right, just because he made these cocktails. Oh, gosh. All right, so. It's this rivalry started when Edgar Allan Poe basically shit talked work that Rufus Griswold wrote. And Rufus Griswold, mm, Rufus Griswold, very good, was like, You're a bitch, Edgar Allan Poe. So when Edgar Allan Poe died, Rufus Griswold wrote the first obituary <gasps> where he was like, Um, Edgar Allan Poe just died. That shouldn't surprise anybody, but he won't be missed. Am I right? Wow. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but basically. He also somehow became the literary executor for Poe, which I'm like, how can you, can you just do that? Right? <laughs> in the 1840s, a different time, I guess. Yeah, they were a different time because we're in 2020s right now. <laughs> nope, same time. Same time. And he basically mm, tried to destroy Poe's reputation. I'm going to need... Producer to put together all of the times that you like, have had to correct mm, yourself. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's the sherry. What's the alcohol content on the sherry? A lot? 17.5%. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a lot. That's a plus, lot percent. Plus liquor. Oh, God. Yeah, no wonder. This one has cachaça in it. Oh, yeah. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> this also explains my problems that I'm having right now. <laughs> Yeah, so Griswold was just, like, super pissed at Poe and was like, I don't care that you're dead, motherfucker. motherfucker. I'm going to bring you down. And some of Poe's friends in life were like, mm, I don't think you should do that. And, like, we're trying to put out a more accurate representation of Poe's life. But Griswold was like, Poe is a super drunk, which he was. Yeah. He was a drug addict, which mm, yeah. maybe a smidge. Um, <laughs> just, just a tad. Just a tad. Didn't bring up the cousin-wife teen thing. No, wives are off limits. Right. Especially if they're underage. Spouses are off limits if Real Housewives have ever taught me anything. Mm. Spouses and children. And in this mm. case, it was both. Yep. Cheers. <laughs> he wrote a biography of Poe, though. Mm. It was like shit talking him the whole time, which I think is hilarious. Man, he really carried a grudge. Mm -hmm. This guy. He did. In fairness, I think Poe was like really vicious to him in real life. I mean, you don't get nicknamed a tomahawk man if you're like, the poem was okay. Yeah. You must like really should talk it. Poe did have a long lasting impact on literature. Yes. So he became super popular in Europe, especially in France, where Baudelaire translated a lot of his works in English into French. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's also somebody known as the Poe Toaster. Like the brave little toaster? Yeah, but just call it the poster. Right? <laughs> yes. So the Poe Toaster was somebody who from 1949 until 2009 would every year on Poe's birthday leave a bottle of cognac and three roses on his grave. Oh. Just kind of sweet. But and also, nobody carried on the tradition of Don't keep letting him drink. Well. Yeah, he had a problem. Maybe we stop it. But his corporeal spirit, you know, mm. doesn't process alcohol the same way. So. Mm. so if you're a ghost, you can't be an alcoholic. No. Oh, you've heard it here first. Topher's declared. Because if you're a spirit who's imbibing uh, spirits, uh, it's a double negative and all right, cancels out. Right. Yeah. As we've all learned in math. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Poe is known as like kind of creating this genre of like detective fiction, 
Obviously, he was into the dark romanticism, goth side, the horror stories, a little bit of sci-fi, too. So he covered a lot of genres. He had this literary theory that nothing should be longer than it takes to read in one sitting. I love that. Poe wrote one novel. It didn't go well. And he agreed with some of the critics. And he wrote to me, he's like, yeah, it was bad. I agree. I'm I'm changing my, my mindset, guys. You convinced me. I mean, for somebody who went on to become or was a literary critic. Yeah. I think that it's important to have that in your own writing as well. You know, yeah. to be able to admit. Yeah, like it wasn't good. Yeah. And I think obviously Poe's a really good writer. It's not just me saying that. <laughs> You heard it here first. When did you first read Poe? I think I read The Telltale Heart in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Checked out a book from the library. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what grade, but probably like fourth or fifth. Yeah. I think probably around the same time. I remember having a book of his stories that was slightly abridged for mm-hmm. older elementary school children. That might have been what I read too. Yeah, probably so. It had like kind of a purpley cover. Yeah. I think it was the same book. Fact checker, find it. <laughs> And order it right now because we're nostalgic. (laughs) I remember reading The Cask of Amontillado with a friend. We both really got into it. And then one time my mom took us to this old furniture store that was in like a mill, but it was all bricked on the inside. Mm -hmm. We were walking around the creepy parts of the store and being like, this is like The Cask of Amontillado. Love it. And being like, could you break somebody up here? And like, Um, There is this thing that I listen to sometimes when I'm going to sleep called the CBS Mystery Theater Hour. And it's an old radio theater thing from the 70s. And they have a bunch of the Poe stuff in it. And they've got the cask of macchiato. And I should probably listen to that tonight when I get home. Oh, that sounds delightful. Can you send me that link? Yeah, absolutely. Poe is so ingrained into pop culture, too, that it's hard to imagine. Like Halloween times. Nope, that's not it. Do better, fact checker. (laughs) Or at least that's not what my brain tells me it is. (laughs) <laughs> like, it could be that book. How hard is it to find one book that we very ambiguously described? I know, right? <laughs> the Simpsons have done like the Treehouse of Horror yeah. with the Raven, mm-hmm. where Bart is the Raven and Homer's the narrator. Love it. It's really funny. There have been a lot of famous actors who've done dramatic readings of the Raven as well. It's just a lot of fun. There's also the movie The Raven with John Cusack playing Edgar Allan Poe. What? Yeah. I don't know of this. Tell me. Yeah. So it's a it's like him solving a mystery. Oh. And there's his love interest in it who I can't remember plays. Is it teen? No. Okay. But she is a very young, beautiful blonde. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a decent movie. It's a fun movie. Okay. It's not so like it's winning any fun. awards. Okay. It's a for fun movie. Yeah. Okay. And then of course the pale eye was actually really good and you should watch that. Yeah. I think I did that. Yeah. Cause you're t- describing like his military time and there's some weird occult stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the British guy with the weird face plays that girl Poe. That played Dudley Dursley yeah. in the Harry Potter homes. Mm-hmm. But he's skinny now. So he looks a lot different. Yeah. And he does look really weird, which works for Poe. I mean, work works for Poe. Right. Yeah. It might be that one. Could I be. think maybe you found a fact checker. Yeah. Okay, order it now. Thank you. And one of the original publishings, too, please. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Order a first edition, please. Yeah, you've got like an extra six hundred. Oh, oh six that's bucks? great. It's no, it's six dollars and sixty six cents. Six cents. Nice. Noise. Noise. Well. Should we deliver a verdict? Before we do, are you getting any other tastes from 
the sherry on its own, but your tummy has some feelings. My mind is just acclimated, but the olive brininess has kind of calmed down a little bit. Mm. It's a little bit more tart mm. and has kind of a slight raisinated, like golden raisin oh, taste to it. Interesting. It's nice. Okay. I But I love sherry. Do you? I do. How come I've never seen you drink it before? Because it's expensive. Oh, is that? How much was this? It was like $20 for the small bottle. It is a small bottle. Is it because it's from Spain now? It's also imported. Yeah. Well, an Amontillado is like considered the, the, the finest sherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's actually a recipe that I had to tweak recently. I made this really good beef stew. It's like a mm. Mexican beef stew. And it called for Amontillado sherry. Like a cup of it. What for are you rich? Cooking. Yeah, and I was like, uh, no, I'm just going to use my boxed wine that I have here. Yeah. So I'm sure it was very different from what the stew would have tasted like, mm. but it was still the best stew I've ever had in my life. Mm. It had like nutmeg and cinnamon. Oh, it's like a good comfort cold weather stew. Oh, definitely. And it, I made it on the day that it was so stormy and rainy outside. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this: while We're talking about Amontillado. Has there ever been anybody that you would want to? Break up into a wall. Oh, yeah. But for a petty reason, not like a valid reason. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. You want to elaborate? Several coworkers that I've had in the past. (laughs) You want to name names here or no? No, I'm not going to name any names (laughs) because I think some of them might be listening. Oh, no. Um, If you think it's you, it is you. It probably is you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There have been some people that just for the simple fact of you are a very annoying person to work with. (gasps) I would want to wall them up. What about you? Yeah, fair. Fair. I could think of like some former people I worked with that I'd be like. What about former husband? Mm, No, because I don't want to interact anymore. (laughs) It would be a very short interaction. Well, but breaking up like takes time. You have to put like border on each brick. Plop them down. It sounds like a team effort. Are you going to do it? I'll do it with you. Thank you. Then I'm not implicated. Thanks. <laughs> I said with you. No. Not for you. I heard for. All right. Are we ready to deliver a verdict? I'm curious to see what your verdict is going to be because you liked it so much in the cocktails, but not so much by yeah. itself. Yeah. All right. I'm curious what your verdict is going to be because you found out about his teen cousin his life. His teen cousin? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we count down? Sure. Three. Two. One. Not guilty. Uh, Think I need to drink some more cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why are you saying hung jury? I don't like the sherry on its own, but the cocktails were great. The Mm -hmm. cocktails were delightful. I really love this beet cocktail. Oh, the beet cocktail, hands down. The first one was really good, too. The bamboo cocktail was was, For sure, but this is just... I think we're also very ready for fall to be here, like yes. officially. And so yes. this drink just really ushers We're ready it for in. it to cool down in Georgia. Yes. It doesn't need to be in the 80s anymore. Please stop. Yeah. Please stop. There should be a rule that once <clears throat> September rolls around. It's fall. It's fall now. It's done. <clears throat> Consumption. TB. Oh, no. Topher. I said not guilty because I love the sherry by itself and okay. in the cocktails. And How do you honest, feel about Poe? Well, you know what? It was legal when he was doing it. And he was doing it. And he was. Maybe not, though. Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Oh. They were both asexual. Oh. And they married each other out of convenience. You want to hear something even creepier? Uh-oh. In some of his letters to her, he calls her sissy, like sister. That's weird. Yeah. It's still not as weird as... No what? children, though. They never had kids. What was it that Jack London called his 
Mother wife. Mother wife. And then there was like. I forget. How do we forget? We we talked about this. There was something mate, though, that he would call. yeah. The second one. It wasn't mother mate. It was. Mate woman. Mate woman. Mother girl and mate woman. Mother girl and mate woman. Yeah. That's creepier than sis. What's with these alcoholic writers? I don't know. And their creepy relationships. I don't know. Oh, God forbid we ever do a Hemingway one. Oh, it's almost like their judgment's clouded. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for tuning in for this very spooky episode. Yeah. Hope that you enjoyed it. (laughs) And if you have any questions for us, we would love to answer them. So you can reach out to us at True Crimes Against Wine on TikTok and Gmail. Instagram and Facebook. And we look forward to hearing from you. We do. Happy Halloween. Oh, spooky. Cheers. Bye. Bye.